0: This is smoking Out the Closet. Now, here are your hosts, Alex and Raven Greer.
1: Hey, it's Raven. I wanted to announce two new affiliate programs that Smoking Out the Closet is now a part of. First, I would like to announce a Pittsburgh local company the hemp co with two e's in the they offer hemp derived products including delta 8 and delta 9 gummies vape cartridges and pre-rolls hhc vape cartridges and sustainably used devices and products all products are made with hemp bioplastic for all your cannabis device needs and every product is third-party lab tested dea certified and farm bill compliant If you're looking to visit them in person, you can visit them at 20280 Route 19, number 3, Cranberry Township, Pennsylvania, 16066, or online at theehempco.com. Be sure to use SOTC20 at checkout for 20% off on us. And we're also wildly excited about our partnership with Blazy Susan. They offer their iconic Blazy Susan rolling tray, as well as papers and cones in unbleached hemp, their famous pink, and their brand new purple colors. Follow our affiliate link in the show notes and use Blazy10 B-L-A-Z-Y-10 for 10% off on checkout. Now, on with the episode. Hi, I'm Raven. I use she, her pronouns.
0: Hi, I'm Asmodeus. I use they, them pronouns.
1: And welcome back to another episode of Smoking, Smoking Out the, the Closet. closet. Um, so before we get into the nitty-gritty with the review today, um, we wanted to kind of introduce the fact we actually have a interviewee. Um, we did a pre-recording before this recording. Um, but we might be starting to do that as a format, so we can talk about like news and stuff we missed. Um and kind of still talk about things and update you guys on stuff. Also, as he's feeling a lot better.
0: Yeah, I no longer feel like death, so is good. Mm-hmm. I'm just a little congested. That's about it. I don't know what kind of sickness I had, but that was gross. Mm-hmm.
1: I think oh. you actually had influenza.
0: Fever at one hundred and two mm-hmm. for like two days. Yep.
1: Ugh. Um, do you want to go into? What we're smoking on while I sit here and stuff another pepperoni slice in my mouth?
0: Yeah, where did you put the? It's over there. Mm-hmm. So we have Kinds Fried Cream Flour. I have had this off the podcast before, and I really like it. Um, it's an Indigo from uh, from Kind. Who's owned by same, same family as like Seven Hills? Lost in translation. Uh, Lost in translation. Um, this, Rubble. Rubble. Yeah. This has about 0.35% limonene in it, 0.229% uh, lilol, and then 0.13% Um, Oh, it also carry a uh, 0.417%. So. It,
1: it was a good strain. It, um, a lot of resin while we were using it.
0: Very resiny. Um,
1: It used to be good to repress.
0: Mm-hmm. I just realized this was your... What do you call it? My big? Yeah, no, your container. It has your store sticker on it. Oh, yeah. Um. But yeah. I like this. I give it a four. Four out of five. You know,
1: I was originally going to go lower, but I, I'd i agree with you. Four out of five. It's great I, for pain.
0: It is good for pain. It also is relaxing. I feel like my mind's pretty clear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it was also good, like... To go to bed. Like, I don't feel overly tired, but my body's relaxed. hmm Um. It's
1: definitely hand-trimmed. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, uh, the sugar leaf on it, so... Not, like, overly bunch, but it's enough of, like, oh, you can tell this was hand-trimmed.
0: Maybe that leads to the rosiny
1: Mm. Too. It could, probably. So. Um. We're kind of loosey-goosey with this beginning half. Um. Do you want to talk about the interview at all?
0: Yeah, so um that was a that was a fun interview. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to talk about our other episode on our episode on in plain English a little mm-hmm. bit. Um It was it was short, it was only like a half an hour. Also, Zoom was gonna kick us off. Mm-hmm. But I feel like we got to cover a lot of ground in that half an hour. We got to talk about their podcast, we got to talk about their ties with um like what they do when they're, you know, I don't want to spoil too much of yeah. it, but you know, what they get to do and what their podcast is about and yeah. how they tie into our podcast and so mm-hmm. what our podcast is about.
1: Yeah, we interviewed Jamie Moffa. Moffa? Moffa. Moffa. Uh, they tell me how to pronounce it in the. In See, the, I think
0: Moffat, but I just take the T off, so Moffa.
1: Mm. But uh, yeah, they were the host of. That's actually a really smart Wade. For all you do Doctor it. Who
0: fans, Stephen Moffat, who writes Doctor Who episodes, I take his last name and just take the ending part off. It's Moffat instead of Moffat. Oh, so that's how I remember. Um, but yeah, they uh,
1: they're the host of In Plain English, which in the future will be an episode with us on it, talking yes. about psychedelics. Their first episode does talk about cannabis,
0: which is pretty cool. So go check that out.
1: Um. Uh, but yeah, they basically get two people or two or three to four people. Um, one's an expert in a particular field. While they talk about to other like regular people, layman people. I don't know, like people who like everyday person, everyday, everyday special. Person, test
0: yeah, or and an we expert. were the everyday people in an episode, which mm-hmm. was cool. Um, super excited for when that comes out. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That was great. A great time to record. Um, but, yeah. What else do we want to talk about to enter the I'm, episode? I don't know.
1: It doesn't even have to be about the interview, either. We just talk about stuff.
0: What stuff that's going on.
1: I will say, uh, my, uh, five-year anniversary of being on hormone therapy is coming up here soon.
0: Heck, yeah. Yeah, you have a birthday coming up. Mm-hmm. So do I. Mm-hmm. Um... The trip to Ohio coming up. I'm not sure if that's gonna affect our recording schedule or not.
1: It might, but who knows? We'll see.
0: We'll cross cross that bridge when we get
1: to it. Just a little for the future audience. It might. We're going to Ohio for a few days, but
0: we might jump over to Michigan. Michigan.
1: Michigan. Where's that from? What does that been? Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, really?
0: You know that state that doesn't exist. Michigan. Michigan. Min. Miss. Minstigan. Minstigan.
1: Why don't you go back to Tiny Soda? You mean, Minnesota.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got to go see Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, you want to talk about oh that? Oh, my gosh, yes. Holy shit. It's a very queer event. Wow, there were so many queer people there. That was so much fun. Uh, speaking of queer, um, the voice of Night Vale, Cecil Baldwin, is a very out and proud gay man. Mm-hmm. And he was a very out-and-prod gay character.
1: Do you want to tell our audience who might not know what Welcome to Night Vale Uh, is? So
0: Welcome to Night Vale is my favorite podcast, aside from the one that I want. Um, Nice save. Um, But this is my favorite podcast to listen to. I have binge-listened to all the episodes within the past couple years. Um, I finally am caught up, so I'm listening to other podcasts now. I have time for listening to other things. Um, but it is a audio drama told as the perspective of a radio station in a small desert community, um, where weird sci-fi things happen. It's um, like the
1: Twilight Zone meets, um, the narrative style of, uh, what's it? World of Wars? War of the Worlds.
0: Yeah. But also... Has a little bit of um, like 1985 secret government Mm -hmm. in it. Uh, It's it's classified as a cozy horror. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, one of the examples I always give is of the glow cloud. That's a glowing cloud that rains dead small animals down on the town. Um, And, you know, there's like big sandworms and the, you know, there's the Church of the Smiling God, which is this weird little like kind of cult within the next community over from nightvale
1: desert bluffs
0: yeah and it's it's a weird little podcast written with absurdist humor that's just the the weather is music and uh at the at the event uh danny schmidt he was on one of the very early episodes of welcome to nightvale he did one of his songs on there they just want to introduce him to the podcast and he was touring um And stopped at Pittsburgh the location that I was at to go see, which was literally 15 minutes away from my house. And I would have kicked myself if I wouldn't have went. Mm -hmm. The tickets were real cheap. I had a, it was a folding chair, but I didn't care. I was right on the floor. I was within probably 20 feet of Cecil Baldwin and Joseph Fink, um, which was amazing. And you could tell that he's so passionate and he loves that show and his fans so much. And I got a signed poster and mm-hmm. it was just, it was such a special night because everybody was there for the same thing. And it was just such a safe group of people to be with and so accepting. And there were some people who had some really cool cosplays. I did my makeup all neat. I drew an eyeball on my forehead. And <laughs> I had like purpley, starry makeup going on. And I had my galaxy jacket on. But it was just an amazing experience. Very immersive um,
1: do you want to talk about what the story was? Because it's a very queer story. It's a
0: very queer story. It focuses on Cecil and his husband, um, Carlos, building a house together. Mm-hmm. And uh, can a house be haunted before it's even built? Uh, it is currently still touring as a recording of this episode, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely go check it out. Um, it is a labor of love. These guys put so much into this show, and you can tell in that in that room, and that energy... That we, they just, we just, it was an immersive experience that fed off each other and it's, it's a standalone thing. So if you don't know anything else about Welcome to Nightville other than what I just told you, you can just go see it and have a good time. But, gosh, it's just, it's so inclusive and just progressive and very much in line with what we talk about on the podcast, too, uh, like, political Mm world-wise. So, yeah. Uh... Can I be
1: real for a second, like real deep? Sure. Uh, possible trigger warning, just be on the safe side. Th- this might be a little TMI also, but um, so I got a- an appointment for breast augmentation for my chest because as a trans woman, they're not really where I feel comfortable and I don't get dysphoric, like the dysphoria is still there at times, I should say. So, really cool doctor. Um, treat my pronouns with respect. I need to just want to learn my history and everything a little bit of my transition. Um, totally okay with the cannabis stuff. <laughs> um, he was like, yeah, you just can't really smoke or vape after the surgery.
0: Obviously, you don't want to bust any stitches or anything. Exactly. You'll cough, it'll hurt, it'll mm-hmm. be a bad time for everybody.
1: So, he's like, tinctures, edibles, if you can make them, or so, whatever, you know, that's fine. So, when that happens, I'm not sure when exactly it's going to happen, um, we'll update you guys on that, but there will be a decent chunk of time while I am healing, probably going to change what form of cannabis we're re- using and everything. We might go more tincture, or capsules, or just me making edible recipes. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to add a trigger warning on the front of that just to be on the safe side, uh, because I know some people get a little weird with talking about bodies and stuff like that, so. What else is going on?
0: Not a whole freaking mm-hmm. heck of a no, lot. No,
1: because we're still trying to catch up from our trip from New Jersey, and then you got sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, mm-hmm, good.
1: Um...
0: I've been crocheting a lot. Yeah, you been have been. Things. I'm not going to say what it is on the podcast because I don't know if this person that I'm making it for listens to the podcast and they have no idea that mm-hmm. I'm making it for them. So I'm not going to say anything about no, it.
1: That's a fair But side. I picked
0: up crocheting again. I don't know if I've talked about crocheting the skulls and things i don't think you have if you're if you follow my graylin 42 pod uh instagram i post my crocheting personal life shit over there if you care anything about that if anybody cares anything about that go ahead and follow me over there i don't care those two things don't have to be separate because i work in the cannabis industry (laughs) nobody gives a shit if i have a podcast about cannabis that's i think that's probably that helped me get my first job in the industry almost a year ago so
1: same Oh my gosh, do you want to talk about that? We've almost hit a year. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. April 21st for me is going to be my year in the industry.
1: March 28th, my birthday.
0: Your birthday.
1: And like five years on hormone therapy.
0: Awesome things happen on your birthday.
1: It just weirdly lines up like that.
0: Yeah. I'm excited for my birthday. We're going to a burlesque show.
1: I have no idea what's going on on my birthday.
0: Burlesque brunch for my birthday. We should figure something else to do. Your birthday's on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We could totally do something.
1: I will say my co workers are going to be taking me to, to the cheesecake factory.
0: I just want cheesecake.
1: Uh, because I've never been to a cheesecake factory and I missed out on a lot of important, girl quote unquote, important girl milestones. So they're going to take me to a thrift store to get my Hollister best. And we're going to go to the cheesecake factory like it's after a middle school dance or something. Oh, my
0: goodness. <laughs> I roll. Have
1: fun with that. Okay. I'm just gonna dress up like the emo emo girl I wanted to be back then, but um, yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride to be one year in the industry. A lot of ups and downs. Um, I've learned more about the kind of back end thing of just seeing the industry. Um, I hear a lot more about the political side like what you know some people in it a lot of my co-workers follow some of the bills and everything so and i mean we do too but it's just a lot of hey this bill's being introduced this bill's cool this bill's bad you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um
0: Trying to think, what else?
1: I've learned so much more about the different forms of cannabis and how they're made.
0: Oh yeah, same. I think it's funny. I still get invites for those like trainings and things, and I always say I'm gonna go, and then it's on my work calendar, and I forget about them unless I'm at work. I try to schedule them so when I'm at work, so I have my laptop open and I can just have it on. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it's the same. Hey, this is what this is. This is what this this form is. This is what terpenes are. This is yeah. And I'm like. I just, I just want to know about your brand now, I guess, more than just the everybody does a basic cannabis 101 mm-hmm. in the beginning that I've heard a bajillion and a half times. But...
1: Uh, what else? Uh, do you want to talk about resin versus rosin?
0: I don't even know the difference. I mean, I know that one needs refrigerator and one doesn't, and that's about all I know about. Okay. It. I don't know much about concentrates.
1: So that this is something I've learned recently. I take it with a grain of salt because I'm not an expert hit the table um resin with an e-r-e-s-i-n is basically you take the flower off you cure it you take basically like the flower we have here
0: Mm.
1: and then you put it in a press that's heated and everything and it pushes out the trichomes and everything to make the concentrate that's resin raw because it's already cured it's already made and everything and there's going to be potential loss of the heat. But that's why you don't you still need to decarb it though, because it's not heating in enough to actually do decarboxylate de-car- decarbing. Mm-hmm. I can't say that decarboxylation. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I don't know why that's a tongue twister for me. It
0: is. It's it's weird.
1: Um but the um it, it it helps squeeze out it's kind of like if you think about a tree and you just squeeze it to make maple syrup it's kind of like that you, it's not really how it works but um i'm trying to think of something that actually does that in culinary i guess how you get like the oils out no, like essential oil. oils it's like the same kind of principle Press, yeah Um, but rosin, and why it typically needs to be refrigerated, is it is cut. There's no cure process. You literally go from cut, and then you go freeze it. And then from that frozen bud, you squish it.
0: I feel like I know this now that you're telling me. I feel like I did know, but...
1: It's one of those things, like, you forgot you knew. I I
0: forgot I knew, but yeah.
1: But yeah, you freeze it. I think usually it's a nitrogen freeze or something
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but basically it's cut no cure instantly frozen and, and then, then they press, it. press it after it's been frozen they cold press it yes um with hydraulics and like actual like hardcore track hydraulics not like a like a lever hydraulic yeah um but then again maybe resin is also done with that because it's a factory setting more they're probably just more button you know
0: them do it. I want to watch this stuff leak out of the plant, dude.
1: That'd be so cool to actually see go to like a grower processor and, and watch just see this shit. Press it. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's the biggest difference is, um, in, in the extraction process, anyway. Uh, one once cured, one's frozen. Um, now it's argued that the frozen version is better.
0: I've heard it's better.
1: Because you don't lose the trichomes from the curing process or the slight heat up yeah. it is when you make resin. Whether that's accurate or not, I don't know.
0: From people that I've heard that have bought it, they they fucking love it. Like, yeah. the Floracal stuff has been real popular. It really We've gotten some been. of the Prime stuff in. That's been selling really well. And I feel like... It just has a cleaner, probably has a cleaner taste to it. It's the same with if you have a live cart versus a distillate cart.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, it does look a lot cleaner because, like, it's a lot more of like a paler color compared to resin or other concentrates, which have like a yellow, sappy kind of look to it. Yeah. Um. Um. But yeah, it it's just it's weird, but I like. I haven't had it yet, but it's weird when you think about the extraction process and how it changes colors, but that's also part of the reason why it needs to stay cold because then it will start kind of breaking down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know how bad, but usually I just tell people if you got a mini fridge, just throw it in there.
0: Or just throw it on the, in the butter thing in your refrigerator.
1: Mm, yeah, that would work too. Um, I'm
0: trying to think peanut butter uh, tiktok came across my for you page the other day it was whipped can of butter Ooh. and they were spreading it out and it looked like slime and i was like it looked it, i don't know it was very green like matcha color green
1: interesting it was
0: whipped and i just wanted to eat it
1: <laughs> do you think because i'm trying to think of like making recipes and stuff for when you know i get my surgery and i don't have to i can't inhale it at all um Do you think there's a way to make a infused cream with cannabis and then put it in that, like, nitrogen, like,
0: foamy thingy that
1: Starbucks has? Absolutely.
0: You absolutely could do that.
1: Uh, I want to do that. Absolutely. I want to do that
0: please get me a nitrous container, because I would love to make whipped cream. We can make non-dairy whipped cream. You can make a non-dairy or a lactose-free version of that, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you there. you, and our uh, other partner, Mia, can't have
0: that. You could have, um, coconut milk whipped cream. Condensed coconut milk whipped that'd cream. That'd be good. And infuse that. Oh. Yeah. Because uh, the three of
1: us are lactose intolerant, yeah. and I'm the least affected out of the three of us.
0: Yeah, rub it in. <laughs> Um, After getting sick, I've had bubble guts galore for no reason. So I don't even want to look at cheese right now.
1: No, that's fair. Um, yeah, I, I definitely want to start like making more infused cannabis because now that I'm thinking, oh, okay, I think I have figured out where I'm okay because the can of sugar that we have is not super high in THC,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but it's very it's uh, it's using a one to one strain almost. Mm-hmm. But the RSO, I think I'm taking too much accidentally with the RSO. I think I need to stay around 5 milligrams, 10 at most, maybe. It's going to be a little harder to do, but if I make a low THC butter, because I use butter a lot,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think I could probably do that. Yeah. So.
0: I feel I'm like excited. I need more coffee. You need more coffee? I need more coffee. The
1: strain hitting you? Yeah. I mean, we're getting kind of close to the point. You just want to make it a little shorter today? Yeah, sure. Well, definitely go listen to the interview.
0: I really didn't plan for much else other than the
1: interview. No, you're good. You're good. It was kind of a loose goose today. But yeah, listen to the what? interview, which is going to be coming up here after a quick message from our...
0: Um... Well, sponsors,
1: Affiliate programs? I don't freaking know. Whatever we we're... we're... Sponsors, our people, our our, our friends,
0: our people. Um, other us is going to talk to you about yeah. our people.
1: Um, also, I got an email recently. Um, if you want some unbleached um, cones and rolling paper, Susan Susan's doing a fifty percent off sale until the end of March sixteenth.
0: Use our code.
1: I don't know if it's stackable on that, no, but don't it can't hurt.
0: Can't hurt. Try to put it in there. Maybe we'll just at least get credit for the sale.
1: Yeah, our. Our code's um, B-G-S-O-T-C-20 for 20% off. But um, hey, we're going to sign off like we normally do. Um, We'll just be saying, you know, goodbye till next week. But here's going to be our future self or our past selves. Sorry. Time.
0: Kick it over to the interview.
1: Um, But once again, my name's Raven. I use she, her pronouns.
0: I'm Asmodeus. I use they, them pronouns.
1: We'll see you guys in the interview.
0: Bye. Hey there. It's Alex from smoking out the closet. We've been so glad to be able to make this podcast for you. And we now have some partners who are happy to help make this podcast happen as well. Our friends over at DaVinci Vapors have sent us one of their many amazing products, the IQC Dry Herb Vaporizer. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've heard us talk about DaVinci, and we've even used the IQC on the show. With a half gram dry herb chamber, 30 second heat up time, precision temperature control, removable and rechargeable 18650 battery, and an on time of two hours, what's not to love about the DaVinci IQC? Well, what if we told you you can get an extra 15% off just for listening to this podcast? That's right. Use the code SOTC15 for 15% off at checkout site-wide. Thanks again to our friends over at DaVinci Vapors. And now, back to the episode.
1: Hey, everybody. We have a wonderful guest coming on today's episode. We have Jamie i'm sorry i didn't ask how to pronounce your last name before we did this mafa mafa okay um who is the host of in plain english a podcast that is posted on spotify anchor or where where is it all you can find
2: it any anywhere that you can find podcasts
1: right yeah uh, because you have you also have a website too if i recall correctly
2: Yes. Yeah. The website is in inplainenglishpod.org. And then people can find all of the previous episodes there, as well as links to their favorite podcasting platforms. Cool.
1: So I guess uh, first question is, what made you want to start in plain English?
2: Um, So, I mean, I guess a little bit more of a background about me is that I'm currently doing an MD-PhD degree, and I'm uh, specifically currently studying in neuroscience. But I've been you know, in science and wanting to do science since undergrad and had noticed that, you know, first of all, I've always been like a writer, a communicator. I, I love like communicating to other people. And I noticed that a lot of science really was not very accessible or approachable to uh, people who were not scientists and even to people who were scientists, but not in that specific field. And so Once I started grad school, I had been kind of kicking around this idea for a little while of doing a podcast where we would kind of talk about papers and break them down, but in ways that people can understand. Because, right, like public money, like your taxes are funding most of the stuff in this papers. But if the average person off the street tried to pick up something in nature, they'd be like, what is going on here? I don't get it. Um, That's
1: totally understandable because I'm very much that I don't understand it. (laughs)
2: Yeah. So I actually got the like, um, you you know, boost I needed to start it when I got accepted to a science communication conference um, back in August of 2021. And so I kind of like put together an initial presentation, uh, an initial episode for the podcast, um, recorded that with a couple of my friends and then uh, presented it at the conference and got a lot of great feedback. And it sort of took off from there
1: that's awesome uh because yeah I did I did have uh my next question (laughs) um was talking about your university and everything because I remember the emails and everything you were signing with that um did you want to talk about more of the specifics of your your like your study at all
2: oh yeah for sure um so I'm, like I said, I'm doing an MD PhD at Washington University School of Medicine. Um, That means that when I graduate, I will both have a degree as a medical doctor and as a researcher. So, um, and then my specific research, like I said, it's in neuroscience, but more specifically, it's in the field of pain and how the brain um, receives and then um, modifies pain signals that it gets from the periphery of the body um and so you might be wondering like does it like the brain modifies pain signals that that's maybe a little bit of a weird concept to some people but if you the best way that I have to uh, explain this is you know say you've just like accidentally touched a hot stove with your hand and you're like you like pull your hand back you're like oh that really hurts and then your first instinct is to go and grab your hand that's actually engaging what's called a top-down mechanism of pain control, wherein your brain senses both the pain and the non-painful pressure you are putting on the injured area. And it actually interprets the non-painful pressure in such a way that actually reduces the pain signal that's coming up from the injured hand. It's like, oh, it's kind of like, oh, okay, we've got this, this is being taken care of. Because what pain is ultimately is a signal to your body that like something's wrong and needs to be taken care of. Um, So I'm studying how, how the brain kind of like interprets all of these signals and turns the dial up or down on how much pain you're feeling from the periphery. And this is most important in chronic pain, which is when you have pain that lasts uh, beyond the initial injury has healed or in the absence of any injury at all. Um, and chronic pain is extremely debilitating. It affects you know millions of people worldwide, and it's really tricky to treat. Um, so I'm trying to understand some of how the pathways in the brain that you know set that gain up or down on pain go haywire um, when someone is experiencing chronic pain
1: wow that i I could definitely like because knowing like my mom has fibromyalgia um that would definitely be interesting to see how like the brain works and everything with that wow
0: that's awesome
1: right i i don't know how that like just having that like drive and everything for that is like just i I think admirable honestly absolutely (laughs) um yeah
2: it's it's certainly an interesting and very needed field of research. I think one mm-hmm. of the things that we maybe don't do as well, though, um, and this is something that a lot of different research fields are trying to do better, but it's surprising that we don't do it currently, is that there's not actually a lot of patient involvement, especially in like the basic science side of research. Um, like And so there's a movement within like the chronic pain field and fields that study dis- different kinds of disabilities to actually get input from people who actually experience the things that we're studying in order to better hone our, our research questions.
1: Hmm. I haven't even thought about that. It's it that is surprising, but it, it's good to hear that they're actually like you know, getting more patient involvement and everything with that. Yeah. Um but what is the uh the coolest or weirdest fact you have learned from the show?
2: Oh from like from my show let's see um coolest or I'm gonna have to think on that because I've done like I'm approaching 20 episodes so this is a there's a lot (laughs) (laughs) um oh this is a good one so I did an episode about um astronomy and more specifically um when the earth was forming like in the very 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 like early period of the solar system how water got to earth. Um and this is I think episode 4. Uh and it turns out that earth formed too close to the sun to have just had liquid water on it because it would have all evaporated um <laughs> before earth's atmosphere formed. So it had to have been brought to earth by asteroids from out from like further out in the solar system out in like the asteroid belt. Um them crashing into Earth with trace amounts of water stored as like a combination with like rock minerals, that's how we got all of the water that we have on Earth, probably. That's the leading hypothesis, and that's what we explored in that episode. But it turns out that not only did did that mechanism probably bring, you know, if you think of all the water in all of the oceans across the Earth, there is also somewhere between 8 and 10 additional like oceans of water in the in earth's mantle so all of the all of the water that's in the oceans multiply that by like 8 and there's that much water again stored as this like combination with rock minerals in mm-hmm. the mantle and that that like blew my mind
1: that that is I gotta go watch that episode. Anyway. Yeah. Cause like I'm still on episode one, sadly, just because like I listened on my way to work and it's like a 10-minute walk to
2: work. Yeah. <laughs> well, episode one's also the one that's most relevant to your podcast because we do
0: talk about like cannabis.
1: True. Uh and it, it's been an interesting lesson. I think you should listen to it, Eddie.
0: Definitely. I have a depending on the day, 25 to 40 minute drive to work. So definitely a good chunk of time for an episode.
1: Um, but there was one thing I remember watching on TikTok that, um, kind of like that water in the mantle that's trapped, there was like a, like a, it was basically kind of like water being pushed up from underground, like a natural well, almost just just randomly sprung up and started pouring fresh water out of the ground in the middle of nowhere in like Greenland or Iceland or something like that. Hmm. Um, and it was just popping out and they're like there was no underground river or anything there's just nothing and it's like it just it does that there's a natural phenomenon I'm like what
0: <laughs> wild
1: I can't remember what it was called though because I, I saw it like a month or so ago and my memory's not that great.
0: Yeah
1: um
2: and things and are so hard to find on TikTok you're like oh it's gone now
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. uh what are some goals that you have related to your podcast and what are some goals you have in um your life outside of the podcast.
2: What are my goals for life? <laughs> wow, really <laughs> asking the hard-hitting questions. Um yeah. within the podcast, I mean generally I just want to, you know, reach as many people as possible and like people to communicate science in a way that's like interesting. I think a more specific goal that I have is I just did my first ever live stream on Monday um and so that was really exciting and it was with some like very high profile guests but I think I want to do and it was talking specifically about like open access science and how we can um increase the amount and like you know make science more open access and so one of my goals is to kind of now go around and do interviews with people who are, like, doing the work of making science open access and pushing for it on, like, a legislative level, pushing for it on a, like, you know, groundwork level and sort of start talking to people about, like, what are all the different ways that we can be pushing for science to be more, like, available to people. So, yeah, that's that's one of my big goals right now for the podcast is to start having more of those conversations. And that's then... Awesome. Yeah. Um, And then outside of the podcast, let me see. I would like to finish my degree. (laughs) It's shaping up to be probably by the time I graduate, it will have been 10 years uh, from the beginning of my MD PhD journey to the end of it. (laughs) So I I would eventually like to graduate. And then you know, whatever I want, whenever I do, I want to make science communication be a large part of that. Um, and whether it's whether it's continuing the podcast or in other forums, I, it's, you know, something I'm really passionate about. And so I want to continue that regardless of what my career shapes up to be afterwards.
1: That's, that's, that's a good goal to have, honestly. That's awesome. Um, uh, Jenny, uh, specific, like, area you would like to work in like like i don't know what proper term like hospital or research area you would like to work with
2: yeah um lately i've kind of been i kind of bounce around a lot so the way that um to as a little background the way that medical education is set up um is that the first two years ish of your md degree you mostly do a lot of like classroom learning it's like undergrad but on steroids Mm. um and then the second two years ish of your md degree is when you do all of your clinical rotations that's when you actually figure out you know what working in each different specialty is like um and how they situate the phd is they put it right in the middle you've just done all of your like classroom based learning and then you go do your phd and then you come back and do your clinical uh years so I have not yet done my clinical rotations. So all of this could change because I could like absolutely end up hating a specialty I thought I would like and vice versa. But right now I'm kind of thinking about either uh, like opening a pain clinic, which is kind of a specialty you can get into either via psychiatry if you want to focus more on like the intersection of pain and mental health or through anesthesiology if you want to focus more on like modalities for treating uh chronic pain conditions but i'd like to open a a pain clinic and also continue to do pain research so that those two um you know the the patient populations and what i see in the clinic can be very much in conversation with the research side and what i'm like studying in lab
0: that's cool some great life-changing stuff right there.
2: <laughs> it's a lot. That <laughs> it's kind of wild that you know they're like, okay, yes, MD PhDs. We want you to be a little bit doctor and a little bit researcher and do this all with the same number of hours that everybody else has.
1: Wow. Yeah, and then just have a podcast on top of it. It's it's right.
2: I do you far do... too many things.
1: <laughs> you do get enough sleep though, right? No comment fair (laughs) enough
0: i remember my college days you never get enough sleep (laughs) studying anything i don't feel like you ever get enough sleep i do it to myself mostly though like if i just
2: did my like schooling and then you know maybe a sane number of things outside of schooling then i would i would have enough time in the day but i'm like no i want to do the phd and I also want to do this podcast, and I also want to be a street medic, and I also want to do band, and I also want, like, just keep layering things on, and I also want to help organize a union. (laughs) Like, (laughs) just chronically cannot stop myself from doing things.
1: I feel that one. Uh, I think it's your go now, Asie.
0: Yeah um so a lot of my questions um except for one of them to relate back to our podcast to tie the interview back in um but first let's let's talk back about your podcast for a little bit um you talked about having some noteworthy guests who do you think would be one of the most noteworthy uh people you've had on your podcast
2: so that, that would probably be the people i just had on um so for this live stream again we were talking about how to make science more like open and accessible to. Uh, everybody, and I had on Michael Eisen, who is the editor in chief of the of one of the like most prestigious open access journals in life sciences, which is called eLife. Um, and I also had on Alexandra Elbakian, who is the founder of a website called SciHub, which if you don't know what that is, you should go check it out because it's a website where you can get almost any scientific research paper for free because most of most of them are behind paywalls because all of these like big name journals like nature and science are paywalled so you'd basically just take the url or the doi which is like a unique identifier for papers and you can put that into scihub and then you can get those papers for free Oh, that's cool. This is uh, definitely
0: something we should link in the uh, in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. I'll make, a, I'll make a note of that on a piece of paper.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's S-C I H U B, and there's a couple of different like dot whatevers, but I can find I'll send you one that's like currently up and
0: functioning after. Awesome. Um so is there anything that is off limits to talk about on your podcast?
2: Um, I think may, like I'll try to answer, and then maybe if you you like had anything like that you were thinking of that you were like, oh, maybe they wouldn't talk about that. But in general, like when I started out, I had I intentionally was like, we're going to define like research very broadly. Um, I didn't want to limit it to life sciences or quote-unquote hard sciences or whatever I wanted to like I constantly want to learn more things so I wanted to have expansive discussions with people in many different areas of expertise so as long as it is something that you can do research about in some way um we talk about it in terms of like controversial topics I mean like I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, our first episode was about cannabis, which is less like becoming less and less controversial in general. Um, I've recorded but not released an episode about um, psychedelics that actually um, Raven and and Asmodius were on, um, so that'll be releasing in in a couple months. So your listeners should definitely check that one out. Um, I've talked with. My, one of my like big goals in the beginning was to have on this person i knew through twitter who's an anthropologist that does research in like um harm reduction for drug use and like um legalization of drugs in canada like all drugs so i talked to her um and she was a huge like you know per person who i was like wow i i'd just love to talk this- to this person so um, we have that episode out. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you, if you had things in mind that you were like, Oh, would you ever talk about this? I, you know, I'd like to.
0: No, it was just more of a broad, just, I didn't know if you had a specific definition for what you wanted to talk about on your podcast or if it was just everything and anything. Um, and yeah, kind of talking about drugs and psychedelics and cannabis ties back into my, into my next question actually mm-hmm. is, um, if you're comfortable, you know, talking about your connection with the cannabis community.
2: Yeah, Um. yeah, I am. I mean, it actually has just recently been legalized for recreational use in Missouri, so I don't feel like I'm going to get too, like, <laughs> in, in trouble here. But I mean, like, I smoke a little bit. I'm, you know, maybe slightly embarrassed to admit that I have the tolerance of, like, a pee. <laughs> I, like, can... <laughs> only smoke extremely extremely small doses and also um I have friends who grow but they grow like very high THC strains so I'm like you know out after one like (laughs) (laughs) you know um but like I said like I have friends who grow um one of my partners also like smokes cannabis they had like they got a bunch of gummies recently so they've just been slowly going through those (laughs) um but I guess in terms of like the community I guess I'm not really that like I don't know (laughs) I guess I'm not really like that tied into like a defined cannabis community my friends and I smoke like for fun
0: (laughs) that's fair yeah and uh, the other part of our, you know, podcast is the LGBT community. Um, and I didn't know if you wanted to use our space here to talk about your connection there.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I'm non-binary. I use they them pronouns in case any of your guests are wondering. Um, and I'm also like demisexual, asexual. So, um, i I feel like I have very strong ties actually to the LGBTQ community. Um, specifically here in St. Louis, but also just sort of more broadly defined. Uh, and I do a lot of, like, activism related to that. I'm actually, I think, as as I mentioned earlier, um, I've done street medic or protest medic related things um, since 2020. And uh, upcoming, actually, on March 18th, um, people are organizing a, like, Trans Day of Resistance Um And so I'm planning to go to that, both in my capacity as a street medic and in my capacity as a trans person who's pissed off at all of the laws that Missouri and other states are passing that are trying to criminalize our existence, (laughs) which is just absolutely asinine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like I have very deep ties to the queer community and it's something that, like, you know, I'm obviously going to continue doing activism around and being passionate about and being passionate about also, like, mentoring and forming a community of, like, queer scientists.
0: Absolutely. It's always amazing to see, like, fellow trans siblings or LGBTQ members in, you know, STEM fields. And it's, I don't know. I feel like it, it makes the small the the small queer in me that didn't really get, you know, people to look up to. It's just like, well now as an adult I see more people that I can connect with in these in these fields that I have an interest in. Cause in high school science was one of my favorite um one of my favorite topics other than English. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I it's just great to see.
2: Yeah. It's to talk about mentorship. And having people to look up to a little bit. That was actually very important for my journey. Um, Back, I think it was in my second year of medical school, I was just starting to like question my gender and and sexuality and all of that. And we had a, what's called a lunch talk. So it's kind of like a non-required lecture that they also feed you at um, from... Somebody who was at the time a trauma surgeon at um, Barnes, which is the hospital associated with Washington University. And uh, they were talking about how they came out during um, medical school, sort of initially as lesbian, and they were talking about their experience with that. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, can we like get coffee or something? I feel like I'm going through something similar and so we met out a uh, met, met up and i asked them about like coming out during medical school and said that i was like questioning my gender but i you know i was very unsure and it felt like late I, most of the people who i knew who were out and queer were like i knew since i was 11 years old that i liked people of the same gender or whatever like i felt very sort of late to the game and they confided in me that at that exact time they were like in the process of questioning their gender and you know thinking about transitioning um and so now they're like fully out and living as like a trans mask non-binary person um and also doing excellent work uh, within the queer and black communities here in St. Louis um and, and so like they were just a and still are an amazing role model to me to see someone like who was fully, like, in their career as a trauma surgeon and, like, was still sort of questioning and evolving in in their queerness and their understanding of themselves. So,
1: yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I do have a follow-up with that. Um, Has it been difficult to navigate um, in the medical or science uh, community or realm um as someone of the community
2: um sometimes yes and sometimes no uh I will say I feel like I've been incredibly lucky uh my advisor for my PhD um who also was on the live stream uh Brian Kopitz he has never once misgendered me and has like corrected other people who have misgendered me like even before we had met in person like Someone else must have told him or he saw my email signature or something. And like from the very first conversation we had, like I never had to say anything to him. So like absolutely huge shout out to him. Like he has made my, you know, PhD journey so much easier for like not having to worry about that with like my advisor, right? And having him actually like intercede on my behalf with other people and be like hey jamie uses they them pronouns and whatever um i suspect it might become a little bit more difficult when i get back into the clinic um because i'll be rotating between a bunch of different um attending physicians who might have you know better or not as good interactions with the queer community And um, so I I imagine that might get more challenging. It can also be challenging just like there are some professors and some even like other people um, in the PhD who don't really get it and who like not really out of malice, but just out of like not understanding will like misgender me and misgender like my other like queer um, colleagues. So... It's just kind of a lot of, like, having to remind people, like, oh, you know, I use they-them pronouns, this person Mm -hmm. uses she-her pronouns, whatever.
1: It definitely sounds like a lot more, a lot better, I should say, um, than I was expecting. Because I've heard probably just from, you know, things of how it used to be more, it was kind of hard for some people.
2: I mean, I have, like, heard and, like, talked to and unofficially mentored people who their advisors or the person they were working immediately with um, were not as accepting. There was um, an undergraduate student who was working at WashU a couple summers ago who reached out to me and was like, hey, the, you know, my mentor consistently misgenders me and like refuses to even make an attempt to gender me correctly and you know all these other uh you know shitty like all this other shitty erasure of their like identity and so it like definitely still exists um i just really have gotten really lucky (laughs) um with the advisor that i chose
1: that's that's very fair um and I hope like it gets better. As it seems to be projecting that way, but it definitely is a slow journey for a lot of areas. I know.
2: Yeah, uh-huh. and I mean like in in Missouri, it's difficult, and there are still people at WashU who are like actively advocating against the trans community as a whole. So, you know, obviously having that in the atmosphere, uh, kind of dampens the mood of like, oh, things are going great for me.
1: Um. Is there anything you wanted to add, Azzy? No. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we don't have um, the pro version of Zoom, so we are on a countdown um, right now. Is there anything you wanted to plug or anyone you wanted to shout out? Um, Do we do like a little, my plan is to do like a little intro and everything for people um, before we actually go to the uh, interview but definitely if there's anything you wanted to add or plug or let people know how to find you
2: yeah um so people can find me slash my podcast um in plain english on facebook twitter instagram um at and youtube at plain english Sci. that's p-l-a-i-n-e-n-g-l-i-s-h-s-c-i Um, And you can search In Plain English Science on any podcast app that you like. Um, You can also find our website at inplainenglishpod.org, where you can find all of the previous episodes and show notes. And I'm working on getting the backlog of transcriptions done. Um, But currently, only a few episodes have transcriptions because that takes a long time. Uh, And yeah, I think think oh um and you can find on the website there's a link to join the discord it's not patreon it's not behind a patreon paywall um you can just join um we actually have really fun conversations there about um some of the science from the past episodes about scientific topics that people would like to see in the future uh, and just generally sort of forming a community between listeners and the experts and guests i've had on the show in the past thanks nice.
0: We well,
1: yeah, I I greatly appreciate you being on our show and everything. Yeah,
0: thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me and thanks for being on in plain English. Um of I think Of course. Let me just actually also look at when that's going to be coming out so y'all can tell your listeners when to yeah. So that'll be the um so Raven and Esmodius will are the non-expert guests for the May episode on using psychedelics to treat depression. Um, and so that will be releasing the first Tuesday in May, which is uh, May 2nd. So your listeners can uh, tune into that on the In Plain English feed to hear more about psychedelics and depression.
1: Yeah, I don't know how to wrap up interviews. <laughs> You're like <laughs> our second guest we've had. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Thanks, thank you again. Um...
0: Definitely go uh, check them out. Check out In Plain English. Um, I, I feel like this is how I've seen other people wrap-up interview so we'll plug plug our guest. uh go check out in plain english you will leave everything in the show notes
1: raven here um i just wanted to make a little ad for our patreon that we started First and foremost, all the funds generated with his Patreon is going to go directly back into the podcast, whether that's better uh, equipment so we can make better sounding episodes, give you guys really cool stuff like stickers, pictures, little nice little trinkets from us, or be able to travel to places where there is legal weed or there's certain LGBT communities that we want to interact with and talk to and potentially have some really cool guests come on the show now right now our patreon is bare bones and i do apologize with that but we hope to make it a little better as time goes on right now we have three tiers flower vape cartridges and concentrates flower is three dollars per month vapes is six dollars per month and concentrates is nine dollars per month with flower you get access to our discord the skittle zone a private discord that we have for you guys to kind of interact with each other and potentially interact with us um we have things for like different aspects of the cannabis community and lgbt community where you guys can talk to and kind of just interact with each other and learn from each other and learn with us Um, But you also get early access to these episodes. You get a day or two, basically immediately after I'm done uh, editing the episode, I am putting it on the Patreon so you guys can listen to it early. With Vape, you have everything from the flower, but you also have access to the private chat room and and the Discord server. For uh, one on one discussions and questions for us, you'll have the ability to basically be, hey, I have a question about this certain thing, and we'll answer it at the end of every episode. Um, You know, we won't get to everyone all at the same time, obviously, but you know, we'll spread it out through the month and be able to get to as many questions as we can. And then with the concentrates, you get everything from flower and vape, but you also get behind-the-scenes looks at what we do here. I'll show, like, what I'm editing and, like, maybe little sound files or, like, little clips of what we're working on. Um, our show notes so you get to see that early potentially you know knowing what topics we're going to be talking about on this next episode Uh, pictures of stuff in and outside of the recording stuff like things like cannabis festivals We'll take pictures and post some of them online, but with the the behind-the-scenes access, you get to see all of that. Basically, all the dumb faces we make at each other, all the cool stuff that we see, and all the cute things that we find. Um, It's my hope with this Patreon that we'll be able to go far and wide and hopefully be able to see some of you guys or have some live shows in the future where you guys can come and interact with us. And obviously, no pressure I just want to make sure that you guys are aware of this and first and foremost, take care of you guys' yourselves. If you don't have money to support it or if, you know, something happens, you have to stop. We totally understand. Thanks.